And you're listening to Brisbane Line on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. I'm Elliot Rifkin. Well, I played um, a little bit of the Beverly Hills 90210 theme because um, we lost Luke Perry earlier this week to a stroke at a fairly young age because usually you uh, strokes are implied that it's much older. So we invited Sheila Brennett. Uh, she's a stroke survivor and stroke-safe ambassador from the Stroke Foundation. And we'll be chatting about the occurrence of strokes, what they are, their signs, preventions, and how to help someone that's having a stroke and also just to remind you or let you know that you don't have to be 90 or 100 years old to have a stroke. So Sheila, what is the Stroke Foundation and what is a Stroke Safe Ambassador? The Stroke Foundation, simply the voice of stroke in Australia, the not-for-profit organisation and the Stroke Foundation work across all areas of stroke, such as the journey, supporting stroke survivors, carers, health professionals and and government, lots of links with government for funding that, that is needed. Their mission is to really stop strokes, save lives, end suffering and as a stroke safe ambassador I'm one of many within Australia and throughout the world. I am a volunteer with the Stroke Foundation and I deliver stroke safe presentations across various different community organisations in my area I'm based on the Sunshine Coast so we have stroke safe ambassadors certainly all through Queensland doing exactly what I do so, so we deliver what the Stroke Foundation, the messages they want to get out to the people in Australia. You had a stroke yourself and uh I know that you're not 90. How did it feel and what was your experience and when did you know you had it? and all that. Yeah, thanks Elliot and again for that introduction because it can happen to anybody of any age and mine occurred at the age of 49. My background simply is a, you can tell I'm not from Australia I was a UK police officer, moved out here and I was working as a private investigator and I'd been gardening one day I overheated, went inside, I didn't feel too well and putting my head into the toilet, uh, feeling a bit nauseous, uh, blood travelled through my bacillar artery in the back of my neck and whacked me out so I had a stroke gladly because I was fit and healthy I made a better recovery than most so yes it happened to me very shocked as my friends were shocked because I was very fit and healthy at the time so it can happen to people who even are fit and healthy and I think it's around 1200 people have a stroke each year and don't know why don't know the, the reason for it so it can happen at any age well I mean I would suspect like that wouldn't even cross your mind that you were having a stroke when did it dawn on you that that's what was happening <laughs> No, it didn't. I believed I'd passed out. And when I came round, my son, who was 11 at the time, found me on the toilet floor. I'd lost my voice completely and I couldn't move my right side. So there are two major signs of stroke, which we'll, we'll cover, obviously, during the interview. And, yeah, really shocked, very scared, as you can imagine. Very scary, not knowing what, what was happening. And when the paramedics started dealing with me, they said they suspected I'd had a stroke. And I was rushed to the hospital and, and dealt with very, very quickly. So I, w- I was fortunate. And before we get into, like, what is a stroke, I just was wondering as well, um, besides, like, it being a very scary experience, I I can't even imagine, just the fact that you would have not been able to talk or, like, you know, having your right side not uh, available to you, what type of therapy would you have to come back? And, like, wouldn't you kind of, wouldn't it be kind of depressing to think, like, oh, God, am I ever going to come back? Or do you don't have thoughts like that? Yeah, I mean, throughout your stroke recovery, obviously, there's ups and downs, and there's a big portion of stroke survivors who suffer from depression, who have a more serious 
very stroke and not able to get back on track. So obviously through the Stroke Foundation, through the hospital, through the rehab, people are taught lots of different rehab. They're taught how to talk again. They have speech therapy. They have uh, occupational therapy because I'm very big on the promotion of the emotional side of stroke because I suffered depression for a long time. And it's important that it's not just the physical, it's the mental anguish of stroke that's very important, especially to young stroke survivors. And Paul Luke didn't make it, which is, is tragic, but there's many stroke survivors who are living who can't get through that emotional side. They can't get through the acceptance of knowing that their life isn't going to be the same again. So the rehab, the mental rehab, the occupational therapy is hugely important and sharing their time with people in similar situations because I run a stroke group in Caloundra where I live for young stroke survivors because we all have different needs where 30% of people who have a stroke are under 65 so they're of working age, they still have relationships, they want a relationship going back to work is huge so there's lots of different needs than some of the older population who've stopped working who are retired. What actually is a stroke? Okay, well rather than go all technical, it's simply when the blood supply to the brain is suddenly being cut off and that's what we teach at the stroke presentations. There's two types of stroke one is a hemorrhagic stroke which is a bleed and one is an ischemic stroke which is a clot and clearly it's when blood stops moving through the artery when it gets blocked by a clot or when the artery bursts which is a bleed and in Australia I'm right in thinking that four out of five are actually clots. I think that's the best way rather than going any more technical. It's just when the brain cells can die very very quickly uh, without oxygen that the blood supply so that's why timeliness is a key to anybody identifying and having a stroke to get them to hospital as soon as possible because there's a very small window in which people can help them in those early stages. And you just mentioned clots as one of the causes of strokes. Does deep vein thrombosis, because Australia is such a long ways to travel, possibly cause clots in people's legs and cause strokes? Well, legs are different. Obviously, it's a brain. If you think about it, to the brain. Now, I know people from years ago called CVAs and, and as, as a heart defect cause a stroke. There's lots of other things within the body that can actually cause strokes. One of the major causes of stroke is actually hypertension, high blood pressure, which can be brought on through their own sort of genetic illness. It can be brought on through stress. There's lots of different causes of stroke and there's some genetic, like a family history, increases your risk of stroke. Being overweight increases your risk of stroke. Smoking, high cholesterol, high intake of alcohol and obviously diabetes. So there's lots of different things that people can obviously increase the risk with health-wise, but obviously, whether you know this or not, there's 80% actually can be prevented, which I think is a huge percentage that we can prevent strokes in 80% of people just by them getting checked more regularly with a GP and living a healthier lifestyle, down to the diet, down to the exercise. So there's lots of tips I can give people that are on the Stroke Foundation website, which I can give you at the end. It's important to assess yourself and look at how healthy you are actually living to prevent stroke. You mentioned for yourself uh, it was sort of heat-induced as well. I was just like Mm. thinking from being a fit person like yourself, if someone was fit, let's say when they were 20 to 30 and then they decided to go full boil back into exercising at 42, would that 
possibly be a risk for a stroke or should they see a doctor before they get back into a full exercise routine or ease into it or is that nothing to do with this? Yeah, it, it's important just to point out that my history isn't anything medical. I'm just rich Joe Public, as it were. Yeah. So rather than give you the medical opinion, what I would say with anybody, if you're going to straight back to exercise and you haven't done it for 20 years, it's always important to see your GP anyway. But I, I think in any exercise, just start slowly. And even with stroke survivors who are wanting to get back to exercise, you know, start slowly and build it up gradually. I think that's common sense in anybody who's never exercised. But we hear athletes having strokes and there's lots and lots of stories of people who are fit and healthy, current athletes, and then they've suffered a stroke. And sometimes, as I say, 1,200, we don't know why, but sometimes when people suffer a stroke, other things are found like heart murmurs. Atrial fibrillation, I think, is now one out of four cases in Australia. So uh, that's an irregular heartbeat. So people find holes in the heart so that have never been identified for many, many years until they've suffered a stroke. So sometimes there's another causation factor within their body that's actually caused a stroke. It's the, it's the other factors that we can actually control ourselves that will prevent stroke, like uh, I've already mentioned, like living that healthy lifestyle, yeah. What are some of the signs of someone having a stroke? I've seen anecdotes here and there, like, you know, like asking someone to curl their tongue. I don't know if that's true, but um, so what are, what are some tips that you can give so someone can just quickly tell? I know that it needs to be done in a timely fashion, but I mean, I wouldn't know if I was having one. Yep. Okay, well, Stroke Foundation mentioned that the major signs are we use the FAST method. Like I say FAST, which is Yorkshire, but the FAST method, which is the S-A-S-T. And if people remember that, and I can I can share that with your, your listeners tomorrow on the Facebook site, but the S, I'll be very brief, denotes the face. So has the face drooped at all? Is there some drooping in the eyes or the cheek? which can be a sign. The A, arms, can they move their arms? Have they lost any form of mobility in their arms because muscle weakness occurs after a stroke? A, speech. So there's a lot connected to speech. Is the speech slurred? But also, do they know where they are? And some people say, can you curl your tongue? Have you lost the muscle weakness in your tongue? And the T stands for timeliness because timeliness is the key. And I have to say, if people remember time loss, brain loss, because the cells are dying every second. Now, that's the method that we use and that's the identification, but only 80% present to hospital or GP with those signs. So there's a 20% that don't. So all I say to people, if there's something strange or they're not looking well, just ring triple zero. Do not put them in your vehicle. Ring triple zero because paramedics know what to do and the sooner you get to hospital, the better to be able to treat them with perhaps thrombolysis, a clot busting drug if appropriate and close that window as much as you can. That's so the SAST, the FAST and the timeliness is the key. I was doing a little research before I chatted with you and one of the things I saw, I don't know if this is really a smart thing to necessarily do, but some hospitals specialize in strokes and it might be smart to know what that hospital is so that if you know your partner that's helping you or you yourself can communicate to the ambulance person to bring you to that hospital because that might be a better hospital for you to go to is that like something to consider nothing we've been taught or nothing but all i would say is just go to the nearest hospital okay. get medical intervention i mean we are trialing a stroke ambulance in melbourne and i know it's only in melbourne but you know it's five hundred thousand dollars if anybody's got five hundred thousand dollars to spare we'd love to have one in brisbane um to have it kit out 
out. It's a pilot with a doctor, a paramedic, a radiotherapist, I believe, if I've got that correct. So it's actually a stroke ambulance, so they can get to that patient as soon as possible. All I would say is, so it's, it's important, ring triple zero, get an ambulance immediately, think time loss, brain loss, and it's a medical emergency. Just don't wait and see and get them to any medical help as soon as you can. The nearest hospital, they can always be airlifted, so just get medical help as soon as possible. You wrote a book while you were going through your therapy called Stroke of Poetry. What is that about? And is there anything that you can, any pearls of wisdom that you've learned? I did. Thank you for mentioning that. That's great. Yes, it's called A Stroke of Poetry. Uh, it can be found online, my website of the same name. I My brain would only work in rhyme following my stroke. I never, I've never been a desperate poet, basically. I just wrote poetry to help me through the sad times, the silly times, frustrations, memory loss. So I put it all in a book and I, I published that in 2015 and that helped a lot of stroke survivors and carers come to terms with the change in stroke and the acceptance and the identity change and accepting the person you are now are instead of the person you still want to be and perhaps one of the things I learnt the most following training, I went back to training is focusing on what you can do so for stroke survivors out there, young stroke survivors, don't keep worrying about the past, if you can't get back to that just focus on what you can do and move forward little baby steps if needed but move forward positively and find your tribe find the people find the stroke group that can help you do that and we have a stroke line number which i can share with you if i have time if anybody's out there and needs to phone anybody it's 1-800-787-653 and it's stroke line at strokefoundation.org.au who help people they are recognized medical counselors who can help people who are struggling and put them in touch with the correct resources there's plenty of resources enableme.org.au is another one that you can log on and share similar things with people and not feeling you're alone lastly sheila is there anything that people can do as a volunteer or if there's someone out there that has had a stroke like yourself and wants to become a stroke safe ambassador what would you tell them oh yes please come on down <laughs> contact the stroke foundation as i've said would be absolutely wonderful we, we're always in need of stroke survivors where i am on the sunshine coast i know we're in, in need of them well within the hinterlands because i'm basically on the actual coast on the beach side uh, and, it, and in other areas all around the country of australia we are in desperate need and, and we we are a not-for-profit so we're keen for federal government funding we're keen for local mps to become involved as they do with me in various activities we have on the coast here but we also need donations we we thrive on donations and if anybody wants a stroke safe speaker in their area to communities to health to corporate we are there it's a free service but obviously we'd love to have a donation and if anybody wants one contact the stroke foundation website and then it's just ask the stroke safe speaker or they can contact me at my email a stroke of poetry at gmail.com so there's lots of resources out there um, we're here desperate to pass that information pass on the signs of stroke share with everybody you know because you can save a life or you can save somebody from being permanent disabled it's that serious is stroke and we do have a ton top 10 facts about stroke that we can share with you and any other resources that people feel they would like to get or get sent or get sent by email just log on to the stroke foundation website or, or drop me a message by email that'd be lovely